All right, welcome. This is our very first podcast. Woo! I'm Tony, and this is Cassandra. Hi. So, Cassandra, can you tell us a little bit about what you are? I am female, and I am, as Tony was joking with me, I called myself a young intuitive, which he held me um, accountable for my verbiage there. But I am a young woman who is, um, I guess, an intuitive. That is just someone who is using their inner voice and their inner wisdom to guide others around them. And it comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of understanding. And it's just uh, just listening within to be able to share out. That's beautiful. And the very first time that I met Cass, I was in clinic and I touched her wrist to take her pulse and I felt this energetic surge and I could see right into her soul and I saw the depths of the, the pain because we all go through pain that she had been through and somehow she got through it and I think has come out as this incredible, incredible presence. And if you were here in the room right now feeling her energy, you would feel it and hopefully that comes through in this podcast. Hmm. As I say, we've all been through pain and part of our job is we want to help people in the various forms of pain that they're in. And my name is Tony. My I am a, actually an ordained Taoist priest. Uh, my ordained name is Li Heping. So I started a, a journey years back after we'd lost our daughter, and I studied traditional Chinese medicine. I got to study with a medical Qigong master, and then lately with a with a Taoist priest. So we're going to be talking about lots of different things on spirituality and love and connectiveness and all things that are going to help people get through this world today. And today, I asked Cass, what do you want to talk about? And the word she said was love. Hmm. So we're going to talk about love today. And I also thought the moment she said that, I thought fear. And there's a hmm. lot of fear in the world as we're supposed to be exiting, you know, three years of COVID, but still there's a lot of fear and love is the antidote for that. So how do we bring love in to the world today? So Cass, what do you want to share with us? How do you want to open this up? Ah, <sighs> goodness. I, um, I couldn't agree with you more. I believe that as human kind we are really being challenged on many levels um, to basically either participate in the chaos which is fear and or participate in love which is just turning inwards and I'm not calling humankind into action to um, ignore the things that are going around us. Um, it's existing in our environments and in the global climate in such a way that um, you, you witness what's occurring around you while at the same time being grounded in love. And so I know our listeners might ask, well, what is being grounded in love? And... Um, Love here that I speak of is a concept that's not related to romantic love that we are usually under is easily understood. Um, but 
love that is an unconditional love. And this is something that we sometimes stumble upon in in small glimpses um, through our life course. Um, but often this unconditional love starts with love for ourselves. And what happens is when we cultivate love for ourselves, it then allows us to see the love in others and then it cultivates to love for the neighborhood, the country, the world, and it expands beyond. So when we speak of the distress that's occurring globally, um, it is so magnanimous that it's hard to conceive and how it's hard to, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's hard to see or understand what we can do to make a change when there's so many things going on. And I'm a firm believer that we have to start with within ourselves. And um, the benefit is that we see, we see the peace from within start to roll outwards. And it has to start at home. It has to start with you. And um, it, it's a journey to search for, for love. Um, and oftentimes... It comes in a place of strife, sometimes darkness. It comes from a place that challenges us that we ask ourselves the question, there must be something more. There must be something other than this. And when we reach that point, we have no alternate choice other than to pivot and look towards light and love and um, when you make that choice that is when truly magical things start to happen I love that you say make the choice because it really is you know I run an energy clinic and I have people coming in all the time and uh, Cass is uh, an intuitive uh coach an intuitive life coach a young a young very <laughs> young substantially younger and than i Tony. am a grizzled grizzled it's amazing that i can move my bones he's barely sitting here to the microphone <laughs> but um so when people come into the clinic so many people when i when i talk to them it comes down to they don't love themselves yeah they they think they're broken you know, something's happened to them in life, and I think a lot of people, you know, can identify this with this or connect. But something's happened in life. Someone's told them that they're good, not good enough, uh, that they'll never be this, and so they they create this story in their head about what's wrong with them, and they carry this story through their whole life. Yeah. And so everything they see, every experience they have is they're looking through this lens of this, I'm, I'm broken, I'm not good enough. And it, it's really sad. And so part of healing is, is to allow themselves to let go of that false story that they are told and allow themselves to love themselves. And as you said, Cass, it's a decision because we're not victims. Mm. We're not victims. Yeah, and... And 
um, when we, yeah, it is, it's basically, you're right. It's an, it's an active choice. Um, there comes a point in your learning. And when I said you pose a question that there's gotta be something more to this. If you're asking yourself that question, it's because you realize you're, you're currently sitting in a state that is not natural to you. It's like your soul's trying to tell you something's going wrong here. I shouldn't feel this depressed. I shouldn't feel this angry. I shouldn't feel this resentful. And you feel that internal tension within you. That's like, there's something going wrong here. There's got to be something better than this. And that is your soul cueing you to make a different choice. And it's an active choice within yourself that is separate from your external circumstances. What we tend to do is we really get caught up in these stories we create for ourselves. I believe it's it's important that we take accountability for the stories we create for ourselves as well. So I know, Tony, when you said, you know, our childhood experiences follow us all the way up into adulthood and we, and we start um, feeling this sense of unworthiness. And, um, but... Yes, these things have occurred. These things have happened. And all of us have experienced probably for the most part, because I haven't met a human being that has not suffered. Um, what happens is we really need to disassociate with the story we've created for ourselves and the person we want to be instead. And that comes from a greater understanding of the knowledge of who you really are and that who you really are is that love, is that self-love for yourself. So it is pure. It is, it cannot be scathed. If you imagine your soul as a light within you, your external body might go into the inclement weather it might potentially your body might be abused potentially your ears might hear bad language potentially your eyes might see violence but that light within you remains unscathed it cannot be marred it cannot be scratched it cannot be altered it is that intrinsic knowledge that there is something within you that moreness that I'm speaking of that has remained unaffected by the external environment around you. And when you are turning inwards, um, you are acknowledging the existence of your soul that cannot be altered. And that is a place where you find that unconditional love. And so when Tony, you were speaking about the, the kind of basically the global chaos that is going on right now, we don't even need to speak about a specific topic in general. Everyone knows what's going on. There's a lot happening in the world. And I also don't think it's coincidental that there's so many things going on in the world. Um, any kind of, it's like, it's like lancing a boil almost right now, as bad as an image as that is. It's not a beautiful image. But right now, I believe society is bringing all of its infections to the surface. And we are seeing them for what it is. We are seeing all of these bad and ugly um, uh, dormant issues that have laid quiet and have been accepted for years and years and centuries and centuries. And they're all coming to a head right now. And that can make the individual feel small because it's overwhelming. 
and it makes us feel scared and it makes us feel uncertain and it makes us feel confused and stressed and exhausted and just weighted down by all of these global issues. But what I'm encouraging our listeners to do is when we are overwhelmed by the external, we need to turn inwards to that light that I was speaking of. So Tony, if I were to ask you, how would you define, so from my intuitive uh, perspective, from my own spiritual experience, I imagine the soul, if you will, and I use that term loosely, that could be your spirit, that could be your connection to source, it could be your purpose, it could be the way you feel aligned when you're in nature, that's your soul, that's what I'm speaking of. It's that knowledge of moreness. Um, what is that in Taoism? What, do, you have, do you have verbiage for that, a description of soul? Well, it's, it's very interesting because I've been reading... Uh, listening to an audio book that you asked me, well, that you suggested, I asked you what would be a great book. You gave me an idea, and I'm amazed by the connections and the correlations and the similarities between the spirit and between between so much concepts of Taoism. In Taoism, we have what we call your true self, your true self. Mm -hmm. uh, when we are born... We are born as our true self. We are born, the Tao is seen basically uh, as an empty void of pureness, and yet it is not empty because it is full of potential. It is full of everything. Mm -hmm. And so from the Tao, anything can come. So we're born in this perfect state of Tao. We're born with this true nature. And we all have a way that we're supposed to flow. We all have a way, a thing to do in life. But then society happens, and teachers tell us things, and parents tell us things, and the yes. news tells us we need to look like this. And so we start to develop an ego. And it's funny, the similarities between what my Shifu taught and, and, and what your book talks about from spirit sense. But the ego is basically wearing a mask, not a COVID mask, but a <laughs> mask that you put on. Uh, that it's, a, it's an avatar that we build that we want the world to see. This is how we should be, right? We should Our look like this. Yeah. yeah, we should look like this. The problem is that it starts to, you start to lose your true self as you mold to conform to the way that others think that you should be. And that's when people become disconnected. That's when they become lost and depressed and stuck. That's when they lose the love for themselves. Because as you said, it creates this inner tension of who you are with who you want to be seen but you know that it's false, and mm. so you know that you're living a lie, yes. and that can't feel good, right? That's so powerful. Uh, truly, Tony, I believe a lot of um, depression and anxiety is truly just, um, and I'm not, what I'm saying is, is a manifestation, manifestation of the disparity between that character self the way that we, like you said, represent ourselves in the world and the true self. 
because you're right. We perform these roles. I am a woman. I am a wife. I am a mother. I am a nurse. I am a, and we place these things upon ourselves. And then at the end of the day, we come home and we feel empty. We feel empty because we're like, who am I if I am not these things? And so what happens is what happens when you lose your husband? What happens when you lose that job? What happens when, if you lose a child, your definition of self is gone and you feel like you are nothing. And that is so not true. What, what we are is everything and the true self. So when we refer to there's lowercase self, lowercase s self, that's the character self. That's the self that's presenting ourselves to the world and performing all these roles and wearing all these masks. And then there's true self, self with a capital S. And this self is, is, um, that, that unscathed, unmarred, completely innately perfect, pure, um, soul and, or as you put it, Tony, from the Taoist perspective, perspective, the true self, it's born within you from the moment of birth and it does not go anywhere. And I just want to say that the whole purpose of Taoism, the whole quest is not to actually go anywhere. It's to come back. Mm. It's to come back to the true self, to let go of everything Mm. that is not you until only you, only your true light remains. And that's what I think is so special about you, Cass, is the journey you went on. It almost, I think the fire, it's like an alchemic process. And it it changed. I didn't know you before, but I know that your energy is so powerful. And so to me, it just feels so, so clear. Hmm. And that, to me, feels like your true self shines through now, and that it's a gift. Anybody that can that can get that, it's an amazing gift. Thank you. You know what? Um, thank you. Firstly, I think what would be kind of fun to share is to give our listeners some context around really kind of. Let's back it up here. I know. So me and Tony. So me and Tony, guys, we, um, we really only go back a short amount of physical time in terms of reality time. But Tony and I really go back lifetimes. Um, and we had met in the most hilarious and serendipitous way. And I feel like it's relevant here um, to share this with you. And what kind of inspired us to put this podcast together because we wanted to let it flow and we have no agenda and we wanted to just speak what we were inspired about, which, which was love. But ultimately this story has everything to do with love as well. And so, um, I, myself, uh, several years ago, I went through a very intensive journey with chronic illness and, um, Though that is not what I'm wanting to focus on sharing right now. What I want to focus on is the love gained because I don't, as I was speaking earlier, regardless of what happens external to you, 
what matters is that you return to the true self, which is what Tony was saying through Taoism. And the the pain that I experienced during that that long journey was really just a vehicle to return back to my true self. So I choose not to focus on the pain. I choose not to focus on the suffering. I choose not to focus on all the external um, influences Though I validate my experience, though it was very challenging and it was scary and it was awful. However, I am not those things. And it was a vehicle for me to find um, uh, such an inner trust in my inner self. And so what led to me and Tony meeting was I had gone through this journey, but I still require some physical tune-ups. I kind of look at my body as like a car, you know, I need some, a little attention here and there for the old or the young intuitive body that I, I occupy. I was actually at my neurologist's office and, um, I was receiving some, um, injections for migraines that I, I, um, am experiencing right now. And I sat in the, the waiting room and there was this hot orange card which caught my eye because it is a garish color, by the way, Tony, to select for business cards. Beautiful, man. It's very, (laughs) very professional. And yes, nobody liked it when I chose it, but I don't give a fuck. But he doesn't care. Mouthy monk right there. Yes, if anyone is a bit squeamish with swear words, this might not be the pod for you because he has collected the nickname Mouthy Monk, not by chance. So here I am sitting in my neurologist's office And there's this stunningly beautiful business card, a hot orange, flaming orange, and it has a beautiful little sunshine on there. And it says, basically, it it asks the question, do you want to feel fully alive again? And I looked at it and I said, yes, yes, I do want to feel fully alive again. And so I grabbed the card and I shoved it into my purse and I said, yep, I will call this, this, this man. And, um, so anyways, I, some months have passed and eventually I decided to connect with Tony and we got chatting on the phone and immediately we had a connection and Tony here runs a, as you said, like an energy clinic. I don't know, um, maybe you can elaborate in a little bit, Tony, about the exact, that some of the exact things that you do here for people. But essentially, Tony is a (laughs) multi-credited individual who has done a lot of formal training, though he says that, what's the word? Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm highly intellectual. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. He's sitting up really tall and proud like a peacock right now. But no, so he he is highly intellectual and he has several degrees and et cetera, et cetera. And here he is, this big old Taoist monk priest guy. And so we connect and I walk into his clinic and I was like, hello, brother. And that was a word that came out of my mouth. Because some of you might be familiar with the term namaste. And namaste essentially loosely translates to the divinity in me bows down to the divinity in you. And when I walked into Tony's clinic, I, it was like, hello, brother. Because, or, or I could have said namaste. Because I was standing in the presence of someone who was in full acknowledgement of their true selves. 
And I know he saw that within me as well. Now, I want to remind our listeners that this does not imply specialness. There is no order of specialness. There only is equality across humankind. And so because Tony and I have the joyful experience of knowing our true selves, that does not make us special. This is a gift that is available to any human being. It is a choice and a willingness to participate in a life course that experiences that joy. And you just have to feel, allow yourself to believe you're worthy of it. And you have to let go. Let go of the past. Let Let go. go. Yes. Go, man. And that's the willingness. Yeah. Let yourself be. We are all connected. We are all one. And you're not alone, although you feel it sometimes. Yes. Ah, see. Ooh. So what just popped into my mind is when we speak of the true self, the, the one that lies within, that unconditional love, what happens is it sometimes can feel like a lonely journey to get to that true self. But when Tony says you are not alone, the kind of paradoxical nature of this relationship with the true self, when you have, you need to have that willingness and choice to turn inwards. Though that initial action might feel like a lonely action, like a lone wolf action, a solitary action to turn inwards. But what happens is you actually realize that you have everything and everyone once you turn inwards and find that true self because the connection to everything is there within you and that's that unconditional love feeling so you feel unconditionally supported you feel unconditionally loved you feel truly like equally that anything is possible and that you also need to do nothing at all you know a watershed moment came for me a few years ago so this was just after covid had started and we had to close our clinic. The government, you know, shut everybody down for three months. And I remember I felt terrible because I thought, here I am. My whole job is to help people when they're anxious, when they're stressed, when they're down. And people need it more than ever right now, and mm. I have to close down. And I thought, well, what can I do for myself? I thought, well, I can heal myself as much as I can over the next three months. So. I started, I started eating better. I walked you know, for hours each day. And one day, I was out in a field. And I remember thinking to myself, how can I help heal the world? Mm. And I realized as it came to me that we're all connected. We are all one. And as I stood in the sunshine, and you know, bumblebees flew around me. There were birds over there. The wind was blowing through the trees. And I thought, the energy that flows through those birds, that is the breeze that goes through the tree leaves, which the butterflies float on, that floats through me, goes mm. through the next person. And it struck me how connected we were. And I thought, how do I help the world? And it came to me clear and in, in a flash is that I just help raise my own light. And mm. so I realized that the more that I worked on myself, or as we call it, cultivate ourselves, Mm. taking care of ourselves physically, watching the food that we put in, drinking 
pure water, breathing. What are we watching? What are we focusing on? As I raised my own inner light, then the energy that was in me that came to the next person, they would receive light that was a little bit brighter. Mm. And so by clearing myself and letting go of the fear and the sadness and all of these things, making my light brighter, the next person would receive energy that was even clearer and help them towards their own journey. And so when people sometimes, they come to me and they're so sad because they feel the heaviness of the world and they feel like they want to do so much they, and they, they feel like they're powerless. And so I just bring them back, as Cass said, to go inside. You know, the ancient Taoist masters, they would leave society and they would go up to a mountaintop and they would live in a cave and they would eat berries and rely on some hiker bringing them some food to survive. But that was the only way that they felt that they could work on themselves to gain that clarity because there was so much noise. And the fact is the world is even noisier now. Mm. But there is an expression is that the mountain is inside of you. So you do not need to go to the mountain. You can always find the mountain inside of you by going inside, by sitting in stillness, by breathing, by meditating, by letting go. And it is the most beautiful process. And that is one way that people can help reconnect with their true selves, let go of the fear, and help the world around them. Mm, so beautiful. It poses a question because a lot of times I find um, if I have anyone approach me is how do I do that? Okay, so I have the this mountain within me, as you said. I have this true self. I have this true light. Uh, where do I begin? I'm, let's just say, I am, you know, I'm a postal worker. I have three children at home. I've got to make dinner. I've got to do this. I've, I, you know, I had just had an argument with my husband. I have bills to pay. Okay. Okay. So there's a mountain within me. How would you encourage, Tony, your clients to find that mountain within? Well, sometimes he- just locking yourself in the washroom Hmm. And so you have privacy, listening to some music on your headphones, going to your car, going for a walk. The other day, I was in Starbucks, and uh, for some reason, I don't even really like, I don't drink coffee, you know, they serve tea, nothing special about it. I do have my own Starbucks mug, though. Yes, I do. But I used to love to sit in... It's a trendy monk. Oh, yeah, I am, man. (laughs) So don't judge me on that. But uh, I would sit in Starbucks, and I would just... There would be creative stuff. But I I went to Starbucks, and I just found out that a friend of mine had been diagnosed with a terrible, like, an illness. And I knew, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll be okay. But I knew he was in for a rough ride. And just thinking about these things, and all of a sudden, I could feel that my heart and mind was agitated. So I'm sitting in the middle of Starbucks. There's a big line, lots of noise all around me. I just put on my headphones, and what I did was I just put my hands on my knees, I closed my eyes, 
and I just breathe. I breathe with my eyes closed, sort of meditating, letting go in the middle of Starbucks with everybody around me, a cyclone. Mm -hmm. But as I talk about, you know, there is the eye of the storm. You can just go into the eye of the storm at any time. It's just a mental state. And even though it's crazy around you, you can still feel that quiet. And the biggest thing that has helped me with this was that my chief who blessed his soul who passed earlier this year, who taught me so much, he would always swear a lot. And so that's part of the reason that the <laughs> mouthiness has come into me. You but, were totally <laughs> mouthy before this. Do not lie, Tony. Oh, my Lord. But he would always say, and here, here comes the swear word, he would always say to me, Tony, this is my cup of fucks. And it's empty. <laughs> And he would say it to me over and over. And mm. I thought, Shifu, it sounds really weird hearing you swear. And why do you keep saying the same thing over to me? And I figured <laughs> out he was kind of slapping me in the face uh, because I used to be very anxious. And he was like just saying, let go, man. Let go, brother. You worry about too much. Let go. Mm. And so I literally, as I tell all my clients, I walk around all day just saying, I don't give a fuck. Like, I care deeply, I love <laughs> deeply, but all the yes. stuff beyond my control, I have to let it go. Mm. And that's what we have to do. See, that's the key. I want to highlight there for, for our listeners right now is, is, is letting go of what is not in our control. So I believe that right now, humankind is so hyper-focused on things that are out of our control. So we listen to things on the news and in the radio and what we hear outside. And, you know, there's so much, there's so much constant input, not only to our spiritual selves, to, but to our, our psyche, to our mental health, to our well-being in general. And we, we tend to carry around the baggage of the world and with us wherever we go. And it's just like this oily residue that lays upon our brains and our hearts and our, and our minds and our spirits. But what we need to do is when you're, when you're willing to kind of shuck off that oil of the noise of the things that are out of our control, we can finally, for the first time, truly hear. We can truly listen. We can truly be and so it's, it's really having a an honest conversation with yourself. If you're finding yourself getting angry, if you're finding yourself getting anxious, if you're feeling a sense of disparity or tension within, that is again your soul signaling to you that I am not in my natural state of being. I am not in the um, righteous state that has been gifted to me since time of birth. So I need to ask myself, so let's not be afraid of anxiety. Let's not be afraid of anger. Let's not be afraid of um, sadness or guilt or shame. Let's just see it. You can just say to yourself, huh, I feel a tension within. It does not feel comfortable. I acknowledge that this is not my natural state of being. I would rather feel otherwise. So you just acknowledge it. And then you, then if you want to draw it back further, say, why am I feeling this way? Well, maybe it was the argument with a spouse. Maybe it was um, tension with your boss. Maybe it was your child was just driving you nuts. Who knows? But you can just see it, acknowledge it, experience it. You needn't it to go anywhere, but you just say, this is out of my control and I am willing to let it go. 
So many people, because I do coaching on helping people find peace of mind, and so many people say, well, you know, I felt angry. And then they get angry at themselves for feeling angry. Feeling angry. angry. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like this vicious cycle. And so just as you said, Cass, we're humans, right? We're not androids. We're not robots. We feel emotions, and there's nothing you can do about it. But accept that you feel that emotion. Thank it for coming because it's teaching you something, and you'll get to learn, you know, maybe there's it creates a stiffness in this part of my body, and so if you're feeling it, you know, I need to just let it go, breathe it out, but accept that it's there and just embrace it, thank it, and then, and then let it go. Don't get mad at yourself. And if you're feeling disconnected, if, as Kaya said, uh, I forget what words she used, but for the way I view it, like if you're not being your true spiritual self, the way I view it is, what are you resisting? Mm. What are you resisting? Because your true self that is inside of you, it knows. You can't lie to it. You can put on your mask and you can lie to everyone. Or, oh, it's great. I, you know, everything's great. But inside, you feel this incredible tension. It's because you know that you might be doing something that is not for you. And, but you feel like you're stuck and there's nothing you can do. But that's not true. We all have choices. We all have options. Find out what are you resisting. Ask yourself that question after this podcast, not now because we want you to focus on what we're saying. Very important people. (laughs) But ask yourself, what am I resisting in life? Because what you're resisting is what is creating that tension. And that tension is what disconnects us. Mm. We are sometimes very, we, as you said, we get angry when we're feeling anger, but we also, we fear fear. And so, so we get into this pattern of, okay, so you're right. You want us to look upon what we are resisting, but it takes courage. And we, we just want to say to you, we acknowledge that it takes courage to make a choice to look at the resistance or tension that you feel within yourself. But what is required of you is just a space of stillness. I know Tony joked about, okay, lock yourself in the bathroom or go to Starbucks or pop your headphones in. Yeah, you can do those very practical things. But be mindful, and this is just a heads up, guys, that what you're doing is just not tuning out even more to um, to not, to paying attention to what you need to actually be reflecting upon. What is required here is a truly honest conversation with yourself. And this requires a space of non-interruption and a willingness for self-reflection. I don't need you, like Tony said, to sit on a mountaintop and it can be as simple as lock yourself in the bathroom or have a, a nice hot shower. But typically what we're doing is we're having a shower and we're thinking about our work day. Or if we pop our headphones in, we're thinking about how great the music is and not actually still having these conversations with ourselves. So what is required of you is a, state, a space of stillness where you can actually hear your own thoughts. And then it requires a process of non-judgment to look upon these thoughts with non-judgment. So I'll give you an example. I have an incredibly fantastical, wonderful, fiery little six-year-old girl. She is 
what motivates me and makes me a better person. But she also too is my ultimate teacher. Me and my husband joke, it's like having three children in one because she does require a lot of coaching. Um, However, I have to constantly ask, uh, reflect upon myself uh, regarding situations with my daughter. So for example, if she's having, we'll just say a moment, um, I can feel that inner tension. I start to feel anxious. I start to think about the people around me. What are they thinking about the way my daughter's behaving and all of this? But I'm realizing I'm just projecting my fears outwards of the way my daughter's behaving. So instead, I I have done some inner work where I turn in and I reflect and say, occasionally, I will be honest with myself. I feel anxiety when my daughter has a moment. And I'm okay with feeling that anxiety. And why do I feel that anxiety, I'll ask myself? Because I am worried about others' judgment. And then I can see the situation clearly because what I might be tempted to do would be to scold my child or say, stop doing that. Um, But instead, I hold the space of patience now while she has a moment. And I I don't allow it to be a reflection or, or a projection of myself onto the situation. But that has only occurred because I was willing to do the the work of space and stillness and it took 10 seconds it took a 10 second reflection with myself in bed before I went to sleep to ask myself these questions the thing is that the reason it's hard for a lot of people is because fear is a very powerful emotion fear is our greatest enemy and fear doesn't want to be seen Hmm. so fear will camouflage itself as different things as anger a lot of times when you see someone around you who's acting angry, it's they're because scared. they're afraid. And yeah. so fear wants you to live in fear, and they don't want you to shine the light on it. Because once you shine the light on fear, it can't exist. So it's gonna. It, we have what we call the monkey mind, the discursive mind, and it's always chattering. You're not good enough. Don't do this. You can't do this. You're too fat. Like all of these things all the time and so what we have to do is we have to quiet as Cass said we have to come to that quietness we have to we have to quiet the monkey mind and one thing that I was taught is to distract it until you can get more at ease and so a simple breathing exercise simply I teach people breathe in as much as you can and count where you're doing it when you get to the top hold your breath for three counting Breathe out as much as you can, counting. When you get to the bottom, hold your breath in three and count. So what you're doing is you're always counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three. So your monkey mind is is caught in this counting and it can't think of anything else. And so by doing that, you give yourself some freedom. You give yourself some clarity and people are amazed at what happens to their state of their body, how the tenseness releases, how when you can let the monkey mind just go and instead we live from our heart mind, when you can settle the agitation in your heart mind and find that quietness, that's when the insights that Cass was exactly talking about, you know, that she felt anxiety, you know, what were people thinking, that's when the insights come. But we have to quiet the discursive, 
the monkey mind. We have to quiet it, live from our heart mind, and that's how we go inside. So that breathing exercise is very simple, and I know that probably most people have heard of it, but I want you to try it, but this time just with a different take. I want you to let go of everything except for the counting and just let yourself get in to the flow like an artist who's painting, like a singer who's singing, like an, an athlete who knows that you know the shot that he releases in the hoop before mm -hmm. she even turns around. Get into that flow, that flow state, which is your way, which in the Tao is what, all that we're looking for. And that's when you'll see everything. That's when you'll see your true spirit. That's when you'll see your connection, your true self. And so that's been a big, big tool for me in letting go of, of the pain and the, the sadness and the, the anxiety that I felt from, from the loss of our daughter. And it took me, took me years, years of being a really angry dude before I finally was taught that by a mentor. Mm. Very, very good. Sometimes we just need really simple tools to um, have such large growth. It, it um, Truly, all that is required here is just, I know I've said it a thousand times, but I will say it again and again, is is that willingness to, to do the work. I will say it is... <sighs> It is a life path of courage and bravery for those of us who seek this moreness. And I want you to honor that. If you're listening to this, um, you have already said yes to that moreness. And we aren't asking that in a moment of intense grief or intense anger or intense um, frustration or sadness to immediately stop, drop, meditate. That's not, that's not natural. You can't be at the top of a ladder and then just be at the bottom of the ladder all of a sudden. We take one rung at a time down to de-escalate our minds. And as Tony puts it from a Taoist perspective, our heart minds, and it takes a moment. So maybe your first step is, huh, I just had a really uncomfortable moment with my boss. Okay, so let's just separate yourself from that situation. Maybe you need to sit at your desk for 20 minutes and just work and kind of just acknowledge the tension you feel within yourself. You can just literally say, I acknowledge I am feeling anger and frustration right now. I acknowledge that this situation has caused me anxiety. That's enough. And then maybe another hour from now, you can feel your, your chest loosening. You can feel the tension releasing. You can say, I acknowledge that the conversation was challenging for me and I still feel frustrated. It might take a couple of days. It might take a week even before you can sit down in that space of stillness to reflect upon the quote unquote issue that was occurring before you or the issue that you were experiencing. Then you can sit down in that space of stillness and if you have a hard time quieting the monkey mind, apply the skill that Tony just um, uh, offered you. And he had also, Tony has also taught me another one where you just um, hyper focus on the sensations of your breath. 
So if you're breathing in through your nose, just pay attention to the bodily experience that is occurring. So feel the cool air entering into your nostrils. Feel the air go down your esophagus. Feel it enter into your lungs. Feel your chest rise and fall. And, and feel that cycle over and over again. And just note any thoughts that come across your mind. They needn't go anywhere. And we remind you too, it was a funny thought that crossed my mind, Tony, when you said earlier, we're humans. We, it, until the day we choose to leave our bodies and cross over, we will always have a monkey mind. Even the monk sitting in front of me has monkey mind. It is impossible to have this shut off. If you are a human being, you have a monkey mind and that is okay it's just seeing that you are separate from the monkey mind. And it, that just requires practice. It just requires practice that you acknowledge that I am not this monkey mind. Because a monkey mind is just a product of your external environment, whether it be on a global, macro, or micro scale. The monkey mind is influenced by what occurs around us. And then there's a separation between the monkey mind and the true self that occurs within. So know that I sit here in front of an enlightened being and he still, he still experiences that monkey mind, but he knows he is not the monkey mind. He can see it, witness it, and separate himself from it. And, and that is where spirituality for me truly begins. It begins with the choice. It begins with the willingness for the moreness. You needn't have a goal. You needn't have an outcome in mind. It is just starting with the willingness to separate yourself from the worldly chaos, from the monkey mind, and rest within the knowledge of the true self. And that, my friends, is where love resides. A lot of people <sighs> ask me, how do I become more spiritual? And uh, I still giggle when people ask me that because I'm just a dude I'm just a dude that you know uh, likes to eat organic popcorn without cheese on it now <laughs> just a regular guy and listen to listen to uh you know, listen to my metal music at night but mm -hmm. the answer is that I've learned is that they say should I do more yoga should I just meditate all day the answer is no Sometimes the harder we try to do something, the further we push it away. Mm. And what I hear from Cass is that spirituality is gained by simply letting go, by just letting yourself be, just being in the moment and getting to know yourself again. And that's where it all starts. So I would encourage everyone to just stop trying so hard you, you don't have to go and do everything it's it can just be letting go and letting letting yourself reconnect with spirit with god with the universe stop resisting your natural flow mm. you know i feel i feel cass's magic mm. from the very first time that i met her and i sat on my side of my desk she sat on the other and I heard her speak, and I was absolutely blown away. I thought, I'm going to have to pull out my 
thesaurus a few times <laughs> to understand what she was saying sometimes. But right then I had this thought. This person needs to be heard. Her voice needs to be out there. I really had this. I just met her. But as she said, we've probably known each other for lifetimes. And so that is part of the reason why this podcast exists because she has wisdom she has this connection and she is able to connect with people at the deepest level instantly so if you want to do some work with her or you want to settle working with this old bag of bones <laughs> definitely mom, not a young intuitive <laughs> then we'll have uh, in the links below, we'll have some ways you can contact us. But I'm telling you, she truly does breathe magic. And that's what the world needs right now. The world needs more light. As I teach more Reiki people who want to learn Reiki and stuff, I say, get out there. Man, let your light shine. The world needs to see it. It's so heavy right now. But it doesn't need to be heavy. It, you don't need to feel sad. You don't need to feel a victim. Just breathe, just move, just eat life-giving food, drink water. Surround yourself with people that make you feel alive. If you're, if you're around people that suck the energy out of you, then how can you ever expect to feel good? You're not a victim. You're not a victim. We all have choices. And as Cass says, a choice to do the work, a choice to sit with yourself. There's a saying that the hardest thing, the scariest thing in the world is for someone to sit in a room alone by themselves yeah. because then they hear all that monkey mind chattering. Mm. And, and that comes back to the thought process of let's not fear fear. Let's not fear the monkey mind. Give it, it is the finger is what I say. Double fingers. Yeah. So it's, it's, the monkey mind isn't something to even portray as the enemy. Sometimes, okay, so we can rephrase the monkey mind as even the ego. Um, that is a common word that a lot of people use in spiritual expansion. So a lot of you are probably, if you're listening to this, very fam familiar with that term. So the ego is, is this personality self as we spoke to earlier, or the character self or the mask that we wear or the roles that we perform. And it's also the thoughts that the monkey mind that occur in our head that are not our true selves. Now, we need not um, demonize the ego because it is not something to fear. In fact, um, in Hinduism, there's a concept that says the ego is my best friend. My, the ego is my greatest teacher because the ego show, has, shows us everything that we are not. We are not fear. We are not anxiety. We are not sadness. We are not grief, not shame. We are not these things. We are not these stories we have woven based on our experiences. Yes, we have gone through these things. Yes, we have witnessed lots. But that does not define who we are. In fact, all that we will carry with us as we cross over are the memories of the great things that we have done and the love that we have experienced. And we need not cross over in order to experience the relief from the ego and the relief from the monkey mind. 
It is my hope that you experience this relief now. You needn't wait. You needn't be on a mountaintop. Stillness and your true self is available to you at any time. It is just a choice to make that action. I will also say too, one of the most fun ways that I have experienced in my spiritual journey in accessing that true self in a way that doesn't, a lot of people find meditation intimidating. And I'm sure you've heard that feedback too, Tony, with your clients. It's like, it, it almost seems something that is meant to be f- um, fulfilling and relaxing. For some reason, sometimes feels taxing and exhausting. A lot of people have difficulty sitting down I've and tried, meditating. I've tried for years to meditate. Yes. Because I, I used to think I had to be like the Zen master floating in the air. And yes. I, I could never get there. And so I just grew frustrated and gave up. This is a monk, people. This is a Taoist priest saying, F meditating. <laughs> but then I, then I came back to it. But yes. But. No, I only did it by one night. I put on a Spotify playlist of all heavy rock music. Mm-hmm. And I just sat on my pillow and the longest I'd ever been able to sit before then because of my hips was like 30 seconds. And when I opened my eyes, it was almost 45 minutes. Wow. Because I had just found my flow. I had let go. Yes. I knew every song. I knew everything. I didn't have to think. I just let go. Yeah. Meditation is any form that you connect with, my friends. Yes. And that, so that was exactly what I was going to expand upon is that we don't need to put meditation practices or finding that stillness that we're speaking of, that we're encouraging you to find in order to find your true self is let us not put meditation in a box. Let us not do what we think is required of us. One of my most favorite things to do in order to bring a connection to my true self is just a state of hyper presence. So you've probably heard this mindfulness being very mindful in our actions, being very present in our actions. And that is the fastest way to access our true selves. So Tony gave the example of I was in this field and I was felt very connected to the bees and the butterflies and the trees and the, and the wind. That was probably a very um, wonderful spiritual experience, but you can also do it in very practical ways. So what I try to challenge myself in doing is making the everyday mundane magical. So the mundane can be magical. So if I'm washing a dish, you know what I do? I'm freaking washing a dish that has gunk all over it for my daughter eating mac and cheese. And I relish in the feeling of the warm water that is running over my hands. I enjoy the scent of the lemon essential oil soap that I am using. I laugh at the tinkling sound of my daughter's magical voice talking in the background and I am just hyper present. I'm not thinking, oh, let me focus on finding my true self. Let me, let me go through all the experiences I did today to let them go. Yes, there is a time and a place to do that. You will have times of stillness that require a letting go. But if you want to have that quick access to your true self, all true self is, is a hyper presence and a relinquishment of all that is not you. And so a gratitude for being very present is enough, my friends. 
and it can be doing the laundry. It can be, it can be eating a bowl of soup. It can be enjoying the intimate experience of what tea feels like sliding down your throat and into your belly and warming it. It can be that morning shower. I know all of you take, um, except you, Tony. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but when you have that morning shower, feel the warm water go over your skin, smell the soap. Don't think about what you have to do that day. A hyper presence is meditation. And if that is all you do, even for two seconds, multiple times throughout the day, let's say you do it once at breakfast, once at lunch, and then once at dinner, that's a great start people. And that, that will start getting you more connected to the greater consciousness and getting connected to that greater consciousness is connecting with your true self hyper presence beautiful it's where love resides that's where love is (sighs) i feel content how about you no this was awesome i i want to thank you for Mm. being a part of this and being the inspiration for this podcast and hearing you speak it just the energy you send as I sit in my chair with my mic, I just I just let go and I feel my whole body vibrating with energy and I hope to everybody that that comes through to you wherever that you are and you feel the calmness and the brightness and the hope and the love. And I'm so thankful to you, our listeners, for listening to this, our very first episode of Cassandra and the Mouthy Monk. And uh, I would love if you guys gave some feedback, if, if you th- just thought it was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony only wants positive feedback because he is, uh, yeah. But no, we welcome any feedback because we are both new to this. We, I, am, I am not a tech savvy person. I have not looked at a computer or a phone screen in seven years. It's just not a part of who I am. And we are new to this. And thank God Tony has some technological skills and pulled trying, this off for trying. us. Yeah, <laughs> he pulled. It's so funny. He literally is the most hilarious juxtaposition of a person you have ever met. He's a heavy metal listening, Jeep driving, technologically savvy swearing monk. Like, have you ever met anyone like this before, people? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So if there's things you'd like us to talk about, yeah. things that are on your mind, let us know. Uh, we're open to going in all sorts of different directions, uh, wherever, whichever way our river flows, whichever way our way is, we will let go and flow. We will let go and flow. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you all so much again. And, uh, I will, the last thing I will say is, um, if you don't see the light within you yet, I promise that Tony and I already see it. And, um, That is enough for now. We love you.